Welcome to Rowan College of Burlington County's Baroness Podcast. I'm Dr. Brooke Myatt, Program Chair and Assistant Professor of our Entertainment Technologies Department. I'm a co-chair of the Women's Advocacy Group, a subcommittee of the President's Advisory Council on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. This monthly series highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. Tune in for a female perspective on the Burlington County community. We are here to listen to these amazing women. If you want to hear from women who lead and inspire, this podcast is for you. Welcome to our December podcast. This month, we are applauding a full year of podcasts. We made it on the Baroness podcast to a full year. We had amazing motivational discussions, powerful conversations, inspiring women. And I want to kudos to our final guest of the year, Professor Corvina Francis Denton. She is a 17-year veteran educator, a student at Grand Canyon University, finishing her doctorate, an ordained minister, uh, nonprofit Uh, representative of Promise and Possibilities, and I could go on and on after reading your amazing bio, but the one thing that I love, a a colleague of mine, you are an amazing bright light walking down the hallway at this college, so I just want to say thank you so much for being here and bringing your energy to um, the workplace every single day. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Uh, you celebrated a year, and again, congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, and congratulations to all of the women who've told their stories in the past. Um, I've listened to and tuned in, so I'm excited to see what's going to happen with your podcast over the next year. Me too, me too. We are very excited. And one of the things why I didn't quite have a fully developed topic this month is because I feel like every time we connect, it's just so organic Mm -hmm. with us. We can go from talking about the community. (laughs) We can talk about our kids. We can talk about our cultures. I mean, it's just so cool to just speak with you. You are just such an eloquent, eloquent speaker. So could you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. So I'm what I like to call a Jamaican, Jamaican American, Jamaican. I was born and raised in Jamaica, West Indies, migrated to New York City um, for graduate studies. Uh, and I'm still here. I've been teaching and living in Burlington County for the last about 10 years. Um, and I've done community work also. I'm a wife, a mother, I pastor with my husband. We run a nonprofit together. Uh, I just like people. I I like serving people. At at its core, I think I'm a true servant leader. Uh, But if you ask those I interact with, they'll probably say I'm a transformational leader. But I like to serve. I like to get my hands dirty. I won't ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. I love that you use that word transformational because I think you use that in your classroom and and you can see by any time we talk to students in our uh, inclusive education program and the educational classes that you talk about, when they say that they have Professor Francis Denton, they just light up. Um, Why do you think that is? Human beings just love connection. And I learned early in my career that if I'm going to transform the lives of students, I must start with the simplest component, which is human connection. And it's not about 
getting the students to like you, but it's getting the students to see where you're going and be willing to take that ride with you. Um, and so for my students, day one is here we are. This is where we're going. If you're staying, this is what we're going to do and be ready to have your perspectives, your ideas. You may have to shift them. You may need to tweak them, but we're going someplace and, and you know, we're intentional about where we're going and what we're going to do to get there. And it's once you have that buy in with your students, it's you can take them on this academic ride. And what's really neat about what you just said about this, this buy in and shifting perspective, it's really hard, I think, as educators to kind of get out of the box. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you bring to the table is your unique out of the box thinking. Mm-hmm. What are some methodologies that you use as an educator um, that you get those students to to buy into your to your you know your passion of life and the passion of being a teacher and educating. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for me with teaching the experiences that I've had cross culture and cross country really just shapes the way I teach. Like teaching in the Caribbean, you are the resource and, and you are the instructor. Uh, here you are the instructor and the facilitator. And and so I've learned to kind of marry all of those pieces and start the classroom with creating a community, a community where each person has a voice, each person, they know that they're valued, they bring something to the table and that that's respected. It, it's hard to kind of get people to go on a journey with you if they don't see themselves in what your journey is. And when we talk about being an educator, it's really being the person who will touch the lives of everybody that sits in front of you and getting your students to understand they may not always look like you, right? They are not from where you're from. They've not had your experiences. And so that buy-in is important. Why do I want to go with you? Why should I go with you? What do you offer that I can't get someplace else? And it has to be that sense of community. You know, folks have probably asked, sometimes they come to my room and I, I taught special ed in K-12 and specifically 12 one-to-one, which is one of your most challenging areas. But I somehow managed to build a community where my students understood this is our castle. You either live in it and be a part of it or you burn it down and they take it away from us, right? And so we've lived in our classrooms like a big community. We respect that space. We respect each other. I give you what I get. And and so I address my students accordingly and they address me accordingly because we don't talk to each other out of turn and out of name. And I do the same with my scholars here. I, I don't call them students to their faces. They're my scholars. Wonderful. Yeah. If I'm creating educators, I need to create scholars, people who can think outside the box. So, I mean, these are just so powerful things. And what what hit me, what you just said is it's it's like this journey that Mm -hmm. you're taking them on when they're here at RCBC and they go through that journey with you. What what are the outcomes you're hoping to send these scholars on? Uh, It's different. Right. So I've had students who maybe two years in, I'm, I'm, I'm able to have a conversation about coaching into what are you thinking of for graduate studies? You know, you've displayed the skills of an exceptional principal, or I can definitely see you in the future going into the field of, you know, maybe becoming a superintendent. You have sure. the qualities that you, they're there. I can see them. So we, the hope is to kind of really steer students into areas where they're going to be successful. I've had conversations with scholars who I'll say, have you ever considered maybe tacking on a 
you know, an additional cert. You, you're very good with ESL. You've worked with ESL students. You, you have those. It, it has to somewhat be individualistic. And our program affords that because we're so small, right? Mm-hmm. Our cohorts sure. are probably no more than 30 and you're together for three years. So you really get to build to a community. Yeah. And you can mentor and you can connect students with outside resources. And you, you, you can really see them develop from just coming in like not really unsure of who they are. And then by the time they get to year three, they're building lessons, they're building units, they're, you know, unpacking IEPs. Yeah, the growth is just amazing. And to see it unfold in front of your eyes is just really amazing. And that word community keeps coming up. And and, and, and that's really part of what this Baroness podcast is about, is about women in the community developing this community. And I think a lot of people don't, you know, understand when, when you come to RCBC, this community college, and also that that we both have this connection mm-hmm. of living and working in the community. It's just a beautiful thing. How do you feel that kind of transcribes into your daily life here at RCBC that you're that you're teaching here at the community college, but you're also a part of the community. You're right next door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell us about that, the, the vibe of the community that you feel here. I, the part of it that is, I think I connect with the most is being able to see my students live their dreams, right? So sure. living in the community, you get to see the same scholars come through your program and then own their classroom. I went on a uh, school tour uh, at a particular school and I'm walking down the hallway and I heard somebody yelled my name. Oh I looked across and one of our students, she happened to be a scholar during my second year here at RCVC. She is now in charge of a program at her school. And so you get to see. What a beautiful the, moment that was. Yeah. The cycle. Yes. You know, you start out with here's what I, where I want to go. And I remember talking to the student and the program she wanted, we didn't have locally. So she had to go across state lines to get it and come back. But to see that in the community come full circle and and be a part of this big ecosystem in academia to make it work. It's it's beautiful. You also get to see the deficits, right? So you sure. live in the community. Of course. Now we get to see the teacher shortage. So sure. I come back to campus and we're having these conversations about, do you have 60 credits? So have you ever considered education? Are you looking to just be able to give back to the community? Do you want to substitute teach? Have you connected with this particular individual? So you get to live in it, build it, and watch it work. And that's just beautiful. And and you also taken it one step further that you're you are a part of your not just not the not the RCBC community, but you've grown yourself as an advocate and an educational advocate um, and your own scholar in the community. Can you tell us about some of the other things that you're invested in um, in the community? Yep. I, I, I always say to my students, teaching is my profession, right? I'm either in school or <laughs> going to school. Or well, we know we'll, we'll get to you're still in school <laughs> because you were a motivational moment for me personally. But let's talk about your connection. Yes, yeah, so I wanted to talk about the school board. And yeah. so I'm leaving RCBC and you would think I'd go home and not really, you know, do something school. But I also serve on the school board in our town. And a part of that for me was really driven by being able to support that system in being its best self. Um, it, when you're an educator, you like to see how part of the system works, right? And sure. if, if we're working in higher ed and we're well 
well-oiled machine. You kind of want to see that in your K-12 experiences as well. And and for me, it was how do I give back in that area? I'd left the classroom. I wasn't directly doing it anymore. And I found that maybe serving at the board level where I can be a part of the structure, the discussions about policy, what's happening with procedure, it's just, just being a part of supporting that system would be beneficial. Well, this is my final year um, serving on congrats, the board. Congrats, congrats. Um, yeah, so I'm, I've it has been a real treat to be able to prep the scholars through the teacher prep program and then see them on the back end in in some of the classrooms, even in our local areas. Yeah, and it's so neat because I kind of almost related to filmmaking where like I wanted to be in front of the scenes, right? So you're like in front of the scenes doing the teaching, but now you're flipping it to the behind the scenes mm-hmm. and seeing what's going on on, on that deeper, um, that deeper holistic level of being on the school board and really getting your hands into all those things, like you said, curriculum and policy and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and it's just really stellar that you wear so many hats. And I say, every time I see you, I'm like, I don't even know how you're here, how you're standing between your kids. Um, you know, and I know here is, 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 you know, you're teaching a lot of these amazing three plus one classes. You're developing curriculum on this level in higher ed. I mean, it's just stellarly, like stellar amazing. I'm good. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm creating that stellar amazing. That how about that? Stellar amazing, star amazing, bright light. You're like a shining light. And, you know, and then you're still being, you know, let's flip it again to not being in front of the classroom and then being on an administrative level. You're a student yourself. And what was really beautiful about that is when I was considering going for my doctorate, I know we talked and I Mm -hmm. said, I need to know, you know, give me some feedback. What's the commitment? You know, I'm I'm struggling. We we both have families, you know, we're both wives, we both have all these other commitment. Um, outside of the college, local levels, charities, organizations. How do you keep yourself motivated being a student yourself? And for those of you that don't know, she is a student um, finishing her doctorate at the Grand Canyon University. How do you just keep on trucking? What, what keeps you going? What keeps you ticking? Like, it's really amazing. I think it, I have to attribute that to my awesome support system. My mom, my husband... Um, our church family. So I do have accountability partners who just won't let me stop taking. And I have to be honest and say, and there are times when I thought, oh, maybe I'll just not do this anymore, right? And then somebody will come up and say, well, how's this going? And have you completed that? And it really just gives you the extra wind that you need. Um, I remember when I thought about GCU and going back into a doctoral program, I specifically selected that one because it would allow me to take one class at a time. So I, I, re- I counted the cost. I would be there longer, um, but I would still be able to do what I was doing while going to school. And I think as women, that's what we do really well. If if we're going to lead and do all of these things, we we have to be able to look long term as how what what does this look like? How do I fit this into my day? And still be able to have family time and self-care and do all of the things that we need to do. And I totally think that that is something as as women, we wear so many hats and we need to, you know, think about that. How is that going to work into being these amazing leaders we are and, and being moms and sisters and daughters and community leaders? You know, it takes a lot. Who do you look up to? Like, who are who is your like leadership council? Like, if you could have 
this imaginary advisory board of people that advise you, who would that be for you? So it, it, as a bivocational leader, so okay. we pastored together and then I have a full-time job, that, that board looks different, right? So sure. I, I, I would definitely pull Bishop Pete Pinnock, Bishop Anthony Hayden, Bishop Dr. Bonaparte, and Bishop Cecil Mullins for my religious lens. They lead awesome ministries. And so we're, we're, we're able to connect with them and see that. I would also pull in Dr. Chris Fraley. He also, he leads a multicultural, multi-generational ministry. So amazing leaders um, for the church realm. Sure. And then I would have to then switch it over to academia. I, I do have some folks that um, they have just been light and, and direction. My, my chair, uh, my first chair is one of them. She does a lot of what what I do, and and has had the opportunity. I've had the opportunity to see through her lens a couple of times when I first started the program. Um, she is also a faculty member. She runs a nonprofit and has a couple of um, charter schools. So I've had folks who do a lot of the things that I'm doing. But I would say in terms of mentor. I do have professionals, I do have personal, but then I have those who will definitely pull me aside and say, when was the last time you sat down and have some me time, right? So for me, it's understanding that all parts of me need mentoring. And when I need to just be Corvina, there are two people that I can pick up the phone and say, right now, I, I just want to be Corvina. I, I need your advice. I, I, I need you. I need word of knowledge. I, I, I need help. <laughs> yeah, I, right. And, and they're and just knowing to and, open. and knowing to go and get that because some some of the powerful women they don't understand that they can reach out that there yes. are people that you have that support system and when you just want to just be you and not be in any other space but just chill Corvina yeah. there's somebody yeah. there for you um, and I wanted to say like what other things do you do during your chill Corvina time. I know we've had chill time together. You make yes. a wicked curry chicken. Um, my husband could not get over himself. He keeps saying, when's Corvina and Ritz going to come again. over? We need to do that again. That was amazing. Um, we had just gotten back from Jamaica and he's like, I need curry chicken. And I'm like, I know who to call. And you were just stepping up to the plate. You came. You were awesome. Um, the, so your family's it's such a beautiful family. And, you. and you should be so proud of that oh, yes. because it's hard to, to do all these things. So other than being an amazing cook, um, what do you do? What What's your me time look like? What do you do to escape? Beach. I love the beach. Okay. Uh, I love the beach. And I'm blessed that Jamaica is literally four hours away. <laughs> so yes. I can jump on a flight on a Friday afternoon and be back for work by Sunday and still get some beach time. But me time also involves spending time with my family. So sure. I, I often don't travel without them, without the whole yeah. party. Fabulous. We go where, where one goes, we all go because time is so limited. So I sure. do use those me time moments to take the kids along with me and take the husband too. Yeah. But there are those moments where my husband calls them marriage maintenance. Those are just us time, right? So yeah, we, sure. we go and we invest that time into us. So we... I do put a lot of things in my schedule because as women, 
who lead if we are mm-hmm. not intentional about scheduling things, especially when it comes to self-care and me time. Those are the kinds so of things that we sacrifice. True. Right? So yeah. We'll give up our we'll time. Give that up. Yeah, yeah. To fit something else in. So I, I typically for me time, I do something that I can't take back. So I go someplace that I have to be detached. Uh, when I go home, I'll pick a hotel that has the poor signal because I can't get on my cell phone. (laughs) No Wi-Fi today. No Wi-Fi. So if I'm gone for three days, I'm really gone for three days. So you're really disconnecting and that, and that really helps you recharge, rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and so during that time, what are you, what are you thinking about? What, what's happening in your head? Are you fully relaxed? Cause I feel like sometimes I just can't do that. But, but I feel like some of that downtime is like when I get the best aha moments. Mm -hmm. That because you're focusing on it, right? You're not like having ten, like your ten, uh, twelve other, roles you know, that roles you're that you're playing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of so my me time is a lot of music, a lot of go- traditional gospel music, a lot of instrumental music. Um, I do a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. Um, sometimes I want to read them all, but if I try to, I might, you know, I might tire myself out. So I, I plug it into audiobooks. Maybe things that I've, you know, I've always wanted to read. Like I've, you know, folks will recommend book, mail me stuff. This is a great read, Rev. You know, do this. I, I try to get around to some of those on the downtime to force myself to just be me for a moment. Not Corvina the wife, not Corvina the mom, not Corvina the pastor, not Corvina the professor. Just be me. Like my hair all messy and just sitting on a reclining sofa somewhere just doing absolutely nothing. And Typically for me, that's the Caribbean. I love the beach. I I I could spend days. Well, just I'm loving doing the nothing. the love. I'm loving the leave Friday, come back Sunday. I just got to figure out how to work that in. But I'm 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 Friday, digging that. Can I Friday, can I go into your luggage or your suitcase somehow? And <laughs> I mean, if you're just beaching it, I only need a few things, that's and it. I'm I'm you don't I'm even rolling. Need your luggage. Just I do know. one of your big pocketbooks. There and, you go. And you're good to go. I like it. <laughs> As there, but we, we I, I learned in my 30s that I wasn't intentional about me time. Uh, again, one of my friends, my accountability partner, she said, I noticed that you haven't done anything for you in the last six months. So this phone call is to tell you, you need to schedule something now. And she was very serious about it. She said, I don't want to see you burned out. Yeah. I don't want to see you frustrated. Sure. I yeah. need you to go away and just do you. And I started to put them in on my calendar. So every four months or so, I'll get a notice. Have you done this? Me time, right? And sometimes that's really Jersey simple or maybe New York simple, but just making sure that we've done that. So you've said me time. And what's really funny is um, you said me time like four or five different ways. And and I love it because I happened to be walking around TJ Maxx. Yes, TJ Maxx. And they had this stack of cards and it said, taking care of me, a master plan over 60 cards for staying grounded. And I literally bought them for our conversation today <laughs> because I knew you would be the person that I could talk to about these motivational cards and what is one that I literally pulled off the top that I think is a really great question for you is the first one in the deck, because I think you are someone who would is a true inspiration in all in all the hats you wear. 
And this question is, what was a turning point in my life? Ooh, I got, it's not a happy one, but it's I, every time I look back at it, I'm blessed by it. Um, I had family visit in Jamaica. We were living in Jamaica at the time. I had family visit in our child home and we had a house break in and my uncle was murdered and my family had to relocate. So we left everything behind, uh, left our home, the only home we'd ever known. And we moved to another community. And my mom, my entire family, we were we were farmers. My grandparents farmed. We had a huge farm. Wow. And suddenly my life of I'm going to go do what everybody else is doing. Mom started saying, well, you're going to go to school and you're going to go in an office and you're going to go to college. And so there was a huge shift in my mother at the time. I was 14. My mom just decided I need a different life for my, my children, children, my sister and I. And sure. So she kept speaking into our lives. You are going to go. You're going to work in an office. You're going to do whatever you want to do. You're going to see the world. You're going to travel. And to put this in perspective, we're coming from a community with one streetlight yeah. in the center of town. Right? People people don't realize when you say Jamaica, we're all thinking all-inclusive no, resorts. No, no, this, no, no. This is no all-inclusive resort. Yes. We had no refrigerator at home. We had a neighbor who had electricity, so she had a huge refrigerator. She would store stuff for us. Um, it's we're coming. We're talking deep country, and we moved to not not the city, but not country country anymore. And it gave us a, a new perspective. Like I saw women in leadership for the first time. They took us to see the university, and I remember seeing a professor at the University of the West Indies, and she looked like me. She had like the curly, nappy hair and she she looked like me. And I remember that moment today when I said to my mom, I'm going to teach. I want to do this. I, I want to be her. She just spoke with such authority, such love, light and sunshine. But what started out as probably still one of the most devastating moments yeah. for our family shifted who I am and who I would become. I, I'm certain I would not have done the same, been the same had we stayed. Um, we had a farm and it, it served us well. And there would be no need to do something different when what you have is already working. And not only did it shift my life though, but now we're a family of educators. So my younger sister is a teacher. I have others who have gone into the profession and gone on to college. So the whole family dynamic shifted because of that one event. I mean, the you know, going from tragedy to positivity, I mean, I don't know what other story would shed a light on that. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I could answer this question to be you, who in your life is contributing to a better world and your family. I would say that it's you. Who in your life is contributing to a better world for you? My mom. My mom is amazing. <laughs> my mom. So my mom will come over and... She'll make dinner. She, you think I'm a good cook? Oh my goodness! If you, well, then your mom's coming over. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're you, bringing you, mom you and her whole yes, everything she's yes, got. Yes, yes, yes. And she doesn't just prepare meals for our home. I have to buy all these Tupperware because my mom makes dinner, and just go knocks on the neighbor's door and say, "I've made your dinner." So that's what happens in my household on a Saturday afternoon. She she is such a giver. She loves people. She loves taking care of people. A lot of times we think about the people who make 
the impact that's visible. My mom's the one that would stay behind the scene, move every pieces, and would never want you to say her name. She just wants to know that every piece is in place. We're, we're leaving for vacation, and she'll say, I got the kids, everybody is packed, right? We're getting ready for church, and she'll make sure that all the coats are right by the door so we could go. My mommy is just, she is phenomenal. Every chance I get, I talk about how awesome she is. And to provide you this opportunity now that you have and to change that yeah. that incremental time in your life yeah. to motivate you and your siblings to start anew after such tragedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. It's yeah. a book. Yeah, we, I mean, this is a book. We used I mean, to tell mommy, right, if you're going to go to college was a song, she would be at the top 10 of the billboard <laughs> because my mom uh, had me final year of high school. So she dropped right. out of high school. Oh my God. So we, she had this, she's like, you're going to do this. Every conversation either started or ended I'm talking about it. And she always just makes me either burst out and want to cry or just laugh at how strong she is to have been able to do what she did with the resources she had. Um, in the time and space that she did. and But you're so similar in that respect that, you know, she was embedded in her community, now embedded in, in your community. Um, and you're now embedding yourself and having a huge impact in your community. I wanted you to talk a little bit about your nonprofit and, and what, what you've been then in all the hats and in all the time you have between yeah. the me time and the teacher time and the educator time and the board time. Tell us a little bit about your nonprofit. Yeah, so Promise and Possibilities Foundation, we started it 10 years ago. My husband and I, um, when when I started working, so I I really vowed that I wanted to give back. I'm a product of scholarships. So, so when I came to this country as an international student, your tuition is twice whatever everybody else pays. And I remember going to apply for a scholarship that I thought I would never have gotten. And I got full scholarship, paid for grad school and gave me money to be able to do, you know, just go to school and be focused. And so I've always remembered that for me, that was a turning point. And so Promise and Possibilities was birded to really give scholars an opportunity to access education. And I know one of the things that I we, we really focus on is being able to provide those opportunities for students in third world countries. So while we do give the scholarships here, uh, most of what we do is given back to students in the Caribbean and in Africa because the dollar exchange is so strong. We could literally pay tuition sure. for someone in, in the Caribbean or in Jamaica, in, in particular, 350 400 And you you're, and you're giving back to your community because that's the community who built you. Yeah. yeah. And that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that you're giving back and in and, 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 and any element of support, financial, yeah. you know, emotional... I mean, to think that you're providing that support that you, you know, didn't really have until somebody kind of pushed you Mm -hmm. and motivated you and that you were able to see yourself in that that professor that day, that you're giving all those, you know, kids overseas that availability. And it's just a beautiful thing. So kudos to you. Kudos to this amazing nonprofit. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It, it, we also support students here. One of the things that we do and a lot of the work that we've done here as a nonprofit surrounds immigrant students because they are coming into a 
an ecosystem that's already going and they have no idea how it works. So we we also work with families to help connect them with the right resources, talk them through what does it look like to apply for college? What is financial aid? You know, you are, you know, you can look at financial aid. So we do provide those services as well. But you ask, how do we do it? We're very strategic about the work that we do. So Promise and Possibilities, most active between May 15th and August 29th. So if you catch Promise and Possibilities in the summertime, we are a well-oiled machine. Um, We're going, we're planning galas, we're doing fundraising events. But come September through May, that's our downtime where we're really planning for the events that we're going to have. Because that's really the time where all of us who sit on the board, we're engaged in full-time work. Sure. You know, and being this is our December podcast and it's the holiday time, you know, how do you fit in all of your things with with now with now we're we're coming with the holidays, the weather's cold, we've got the the decorations and 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 everything or how do you handle the holidays? What's something special? Do you have a tradition in your family? Yes, so my husband's the decorator. Um, I love to see them, but he's the decorator. So he does all the decorations for the external piece for Christmas, and I'm the internal decorator. Uh, So Christmas is a big deal for us. It's typically we find the weekends um, that are the warmest for the outside piece. But the inside piece, everybody kind of gets their own little corner or their own little thing that they're they're really good at. Morgan gets the tree because she likes the tree. Ethan puts out um, the dare and the other pieces. But Mm -hmm. we do make uh, family time out of it. Um, And one of the things that I think that really makes this work for us is we're all involved in all of the pieces. So my husband and I serve on the board of the nonprofit. I pastor with my husband. The only piece of it that I think the family is not embedded in is maybe RCBC because that's work. But all of the external pieces, um, we roll it together as a team. But that's going to come full circle because maybe there'll be students someday. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the right? exciting time when I don't that'll have be, to worry about I was going to say, that'll be amazing. I mean, listen, I can't say enough about how, how wonderful this conversation's been. Um, what I do um, throughout our discussion here, I've been writing down words. And I use these words as kind of like hashtags. And I'm going to read them through. And then I want to ask you what your personal hashtag would be after hearing these amazing words that you've just spoken, because you're an amazing woman. And I and I yeah. definitely want to thank you again for for taking the time to talk with me. And again, what an amazing conversation every time, you know, and I, I want to wish you the best with your future career as, as both an educator here at RCBC, your career on things in the community and advocate for your community, um, you know, at your, the church level, at your nonprofit level, as, as, as a mother and a giver level, you're just an all around beautiful person. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and speaking with me today. So here's our words. Okay. Music, accountability, Jamaican American support system, driven, serving leader, transformational connection, students, shift, cross cultural, valued, respect, journey, castle, qualities, individualistic dreams, own it and me time. I think for me, it would have to be hashtag value your journey because we're all on a journey. Just we just need to accept that this journey is going someplace 
and we can either enjoy it or be miserable while we take it. Life itself is a journey. And let me tell you, we've just heard about your most amazing journey, and I couldn't think of any better hashtag than value your journey because you're owning it. And and I thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much to Professor Corvina Francis-Stetton for joining us today. Please visit our website for more information about our DEI initiatives and our committees. Visit www.rcbc.edu slash diversity. If you want to hear from women who lead and inspire, this podcast is for you. You've been listening to the RCBC Baroness podcast, which highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. For more information about this podcast and other podcasts available on the RCBC Podcast Network, visit rcbc.edu slash podcast and subscribe to the RCBC Baroness podcast wherever you tune in. For a female perspective into the Burlington County community, you have been listening to the Baroness Podcast. Take care. Thanks. You've been listening to the RCBC Baroness Podcast, which highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. For more information about this podcast or other podcasts available on the RCBC Podcast Network, visit rcbc.edu slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the RCBC Baroness Podcast available on all streaming platforms.